Oh yeah! Here we go, practice acquisition! There are pitfalls throughout the entire process. If you want to buy a practice, this is how, folks. Acquisition Unscripted. The truth when buying and selling a dental practice. And now your host, Michael Dencio. What's up? What's up, guys? Uh, thanks for tuning in again for another episode of Acquisition Unscripted. My name is Michael Dincio. You guys know me, founder of Next Level Consultants. And today we have an in-studio for the folks that are watching, an in-studio uh, episode. I'm normally doing this like through like a Zoom thing. And um, today I get to like talk to my guest and look at the camera and it's a little weird for me, but we're going to do it and we're going to have fun. Today's topic is extra special because um, my guest is actually a, a, an advisor to me at Next Level and personally. And so um, today we are breaking down 401ks because I think there is so much value in having like a benefit to to your employees these days. And dentists are always asking me. And so Brian actually uh, manages Next Level's 401k and he's also a financial advisor to me. And so who better to ask my own personal financial advisor and 401k specialist? So Brian Mohorik from Venoble, he's a partner over there and he is all things 401k. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Michael. Uh, pleasure to be here. I've been watching your episodes. Big fan. Big fan. Big <laughs> fan. Well, it's um, it's a little different being on screen than it is watching. Absolutely. Um, so big, big picture. So today, guys, we're, we're going to really just dive into 401k and really just talking about benefits. But I'll kind of lead the witness here a little bit and say, um, well, we'll, we'll be, actually, before we get into it, tell us a little bit about Venoble. Like, like, what are you guys all about? What's your mission? What's your vision? Like, how do you got, what, what are all the things you do? And then like, maybe just break down 401k. And I will say, I usually lose people inside five minutes of us just bragging about ourselves. Sure. So uh, I'll do, do two, the short, do the, yeah, do the short elevator pitch. So Venoble Group is a wealth management firm, but we have expanded to be all things benefits for businesses and individuals. So we help folks with financial planning, asset management. We do uh, group medical and dental insurance plans. We have a partnership with an accounting firm. So we help people with tax consulting. And then my specific expertise is in 401k plans, which I've been doing for 25 years now, personally. Before I became a financial advisor, I was a third party administrator and a TPA is what we call them. And a TPA is really an offshoot of the CPA world mm. where they're an expert in just the legal ramifications and filing tax returns and all of the mm. nuts and bolts of how a 401k oh, plan reports to the government. that sounds so much fun. It was riveting for a, a period of time. <laughs> and there's only so much IRS crap that you can uh, absorb in your life before you want to pull the ripcord. And what I realized was that there's a gap in knowing how a 401k plan runs okay. and actually delivering it to a business owner and the employees. Nice. And that the gap between those two is a financial advisor. There are hundreds and thousands of financial advisors who have 401k plans that they rep, but 
not many of them know all of the rules behind that. Mm -hmm. So uh, shifting to the financial advisory side gives me the chance to be a consultant in all of the things about a plan, making sure that the design and the legal nuts and bolts of it serve you as a plan sponsor and a business owner. And then also, so we set it up, we choose all the vendors, make sure it's all ready to go and that's going to be tax advantage to mm -hmm. you and mm -hmm. a good benefit to the people. And then how do we roll it out then? How do we choose the investments that people can choose? And then how we educate the employees mm -hmm. and, and doing the teaching your employees about why they should be in a plan and why it's important to save for their future and a little bit of uh, marching band stuff about this great benefit that your employer is offering and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it can all be done with one one service provider one instead service. of three or four. I love it. I mean, I, I can personally speak to the fact that um, get, giving people an option for retirement was really something important for me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I started investing very early on because my parents made it a priority in my life. And I've now, I'm now the beneficiary of that in my forties. And so I'm seeing it and I've got a lot more years left. And so that'll be really fun in the end. And it wasn't because I was the smartest guy in the in the room. It was just because my parents said, hey, put 25 bucks in this plan for every month. And and it's like, what? And so so that was really important to me. Mm -hmm. And um, so I wanted that for my employees. But where I was going to go with that is I'm shocked now that I've been through it a, a couple of years now. Um, how robust and complex it, it all is. I'm like. Yeah, it's just a benefit. It's like a couple of clicks and people put money in it and it's cool. But no, it's not at all. You don't don't just choose just a random person to do this stuff. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. And there's a lot of speed bumps and, and potholes that you can. Yeah. And there's liability over. from the employer. Sure. And I'm just like, what do you mean there's liability? Which is why having good professionals that know how to do this. Yeah. Coaching you through it. Absolutely. Just like you. This is. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. I So. Very cool. Well, Venoble's a great firm and, and Brian's a great guy. And here we are busting out 401k. And I, I think how I want to like start this episode is really just kind of like in a world where employees, employee retention, hiring people is challenging across all markets, all even in next level and fast food and legal and uh, probably your firm mm -hmm. and dental. Mm -hmm. There's this vacuum of of no people willing and able to work for some reason. And so we have to get smarter about how we can approach this next gen millennials and such. And benefits, I've heard, is very important. And I think the 401k plan, especially by someone buying a practice, I think it makes a ton of sense because there's selfish benefits to the owner um, forget the passion of wanting your employees to have money when they retire, but like, there's a lot of benefits and stuff. And so this is like the easy one to choose instead of medical and all the other things you could go. So, so why would someone in a non-technical, non-nerdy way, Brian, cause you're way smarter than us in this, why would someone want to do this? Employee recruitment. Yep. Employee retention. Yep. Uh, some tax benefits for yourself as the business owner. I like that and one. And then saving for your own exit strategy. I think <laughs> business owners yeah. get so wrapped up. I'm a business owner too. Yeah. We get so wrapped up in 
our growth and reinvesting in our business. And uh, eventually we start to focus on, oh, I've, I've got my income that I'm worried about, but what, what's further down the path? Right. And so the real trick to retirement savings is that you do it incrementally along the way, which is the example that you used about your parents teaching you along the way. So if you design a retirement plan in the right way, you're going to check all of those boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the new and the younger set out there looking for a job now want it. They have a list of things that they want to look for. Do you have medical and dental insurance? Do you have a retirement plan? What kind of PTO <laughs> policy do you have? And uh, if you're not able to check those boxes on the front end, or at least some of them, anyways, yeah, some yeah. of them, they're, they're, they're moving on. Yeah. It's so, so true. Help yourself, help your employees take care of some taxes and there's some benevolence too, right? Yeah. Americans are terrible savers. Yeah. Uh, and so if we can set up a plan that is advantageous and teach our employees why they should be saving for the future, mm -hmm. there's some goodness that comes out of that as well. There is. Let's dig in uh, a little bit deeper on benefits of creating a 401 play plan for the owner. So, so yes, a lot of employee feel good juices going on now, and we all want to take care of our employees, but let's dive in a little bit deeper on that. You can Absolutely. go, you can go a little nerdy if you want now, uh, permission <laughs> granted. <laughs> um, why would an owner from a tax perspective, really? I mean, obviously it's obvious that things compound and you make money, you put money in a plan and it grows. Obviously that makes sense. But from a tax perspective, I feel like that's one of the dark horses of the value of a, of a 401k. Is that, is that sound right? Yeah, absolutely. You get a, a tax break in the, for your own income for stuff that you shelter into your own accounts. And then you also get a tax deduction for the benefit that you give to your employees. So there's a double win there. But if we, if we design a 401k plan correctly, and l let's just run with the assumption that somebody's an S corp, mm -hmm. S corporation, you, you've got an income up here, mm -hmm. but you, you've got a reportable W2 income that's smaller. Mm -hmm. If we design a 401k plan correctly, let's say we've got a doc that's earning $150,000 of W-2 wage, and yeah. that's all that's visible for the 401k plan. They don't, we don't get to look at all that pass-through income dividend yeah. stuff. Yeah. We could design a plan where an owner might get to put away forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 of that one hundred and fifty dollars as pre-tax savings, mm. reducing that taxable income even more. Yeah. And so that's the big win. So essentially you are able to put more away tax deferred. Correct. And retirement plans, all the legal stuff that goes behind the scenes is comparing benefit, a uh, 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 percentage of income benefit. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is where we get a little nerdy. Here we go. Here Guys, we go. Buckle a little up. nerdy. There's rules that compare the percentage of an owner's compensation that gets put into a plan versus a percentage of employees income that gets put into a plan. Mm -hmm. And so that's where hiring an expert, it doesn't have to be me, but experts like me yeah. can help design this plan so that you're still passing all the rules, mm -hmm. but then getting to put a solid amount of money in there. Yeah. And that, and guys, that's the, that's the name <clears throat> of the game. I, I hate to say it. And that is, well, no one wants to overpay in taxes. Mm -hmm. And if you have extra and a lot of you, might buy bigger practices that throw off extra cash flow, and it's a it's a big jump. It's a, a big income jump for you. Obviously, those are my favorite acquisitions where you guys are making good money as associates, and then all of a sudden, this is a game changer even after loan payments uh, service. 
now you have all this extra income that you don't necessarily rely on because you maybe just left an associate's job making 150. Uh, this acquisition gets you to 180 and plus a lot of this extra money. What do you do with it? And you don't, you know, tax, no one wants to get crazy taxed. We also have the ability if you, if you have a spouse in your life and that spouse is not part of a 401k plan in their own job, you could have your spouse get on payroll yep. with your practice. Yep. And we can double up some of these contributions where we might pay a spouse $30,000 of income. And then that spouse defers 22,000 of the 30,000 into the 401k plan. Wow. Actually, you just taught me something. So, so the percentages are different for employees maybe than there are. Is that what I heard? Because I can't put that big percentage of what I made in, in, can I? If we design it as a safe harbor 401k plan, uh, which is what yours is. Okay. So you have that ability. Well, I need to hold on to some of my money too and right. actually and pay for my kids. We have cash flow is <laughs> always a part of the formula for sure. Wouldn't that be amazing if we could just put everything we earned in retirement? We didn't need anything else. Um, but, but if you've got, cool. if yeah. you've got a portion of your income mm -hmm. and you give a portion of it to your spouse yep. as a W-2 wage as an employee of the practice, yep. then that spouse could then defer a majority of that into the plan. It can't be 100% because there's yeah. still some Social Security. Medicare and could taxes. you do that with kiddos too? If, if the, they if, had a role in the business. If they have a role in the business, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Folks, uh, I, I'll, I'll say this. I've had a lot of conversations with folks about adding employees on to payroll. Um, you know, your CPA is going to be the one that really can chime in and maybe trump this conversation but sometimes cpas can get uber conservative but the truth is is if if you actually are having people do a job give them a job you it's totally legit absolutely oh, there's just some cpas that will say no don't do that that's that's against ethics well if they have a job they have a job they might be being paid too much for that yeah. job <laughs> you're a benevolent <laughs> job provider exactly uh if, if the have your your kid come in and help clean up after the end of the day. That's right. Shred papers, organize things. Whatever. Yeah. And that's good for your kids too anyways. Uh, teach uh, them some. One, one thing before we get off that topic. Please. Uh, a properly designed 401k plan can have a Roth provision in it. Mm. So if you have a child, you could even do it for yourself as the business owner. That $22,000 of personal wages that you could defer into the plan could be all after-tax Roth contributions mm -hmm. if you want. Now that takes us down a different path on saving taxes, but let's focus on a child. You've got a child that's 16 years old, you're paying your kid, let's just say you're giving them $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. They could take 8,000 of that and save it into the 401k plan as Roth money. Mm -hmm. Now that 8,000, whatever it grows to from the time that they're age eight, 16 to when they retire at whatever, mm -hmm. let's just fast forward. And then they're 60 years old, mm -hmm. that eight grand growing over time to when they retire, all of that growth is tax-free when it's saved as Roth money. Mm -hmm. Now, as a business owner and a high wage earner, you often can't do a Roth IRA. Roth IRA has a income limitation on whether you can even use it or not, but Roth provisions which is an after-tax contribution, mm -hmm. can exist in a 401k plan at the same levels we've been talking about. Nice. Nice. So. Guys, even I take notes because I learn stuff from episodes and um, I'm taking notes over here. I just, something popped in my head about a client. I'm like, I got to have a conversation about Absolutely. their kiddo who's sweeping the floors. Some, sometimes it helps to have, when, when you've got uh, 
practice owner and a spouse. Yeah. One, the practice owner is doing pre-tax savings and maybe the spouse is doing Roth savings. We fast forward for That's that cool. couple to their retirement ages. They've got two buckets of money to spend one from. I love it. Um, Speaking of spouses, you have an affiliation to dentistry. I do. Doesn't your wife do something in dentistry? My wife is a dental hygienist. She's been in dentistry for 30 years, started as a, an assistant and then went to hygiene school. And she's been a hygienist now for 20 years. So uh, I have an affinity for dental <laughs> practices and, and just dental practices are a great spot for 401k plans. So through my 25 years of being a 401k specialist, I've probably done 100 plans for practices along the way. And that includes starting a practice from scratch with a brand new plan yeah. or a practice that's selling to somebody else and whether the purchasing doc should adopt that other plan mm -hmm. or not. Let's uh, but get, just understanding all the the ways that the practice let's works. get let's get into some of that actually. So so okay let's let's just paint a picture. So essentially we've gone over the benefits of why employees yourself from a tax harboring also, you get to put in more than what the government would allow you to without uh, benefit, benefit, benefit. Check, check, check. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about options, like the different types of options, because I think I think my listeners will be thinking, well, I can't because look, some of the practices that I help people buy or even startups, um, they don't have a lot of extra money. So they're like, I can't even afford this. And, you know, my employees are already speaking of hygienists already making too much money and blah, never blah, blah, that. Never blah, heard that. Before. Never heard that before. Blah, blah. I've got folks. I'm always trying to get Brian's wife to work for one of my clients. So if she <laughs> ever needs a job, like, I got her a job right, okay. now, right now and I'll make sure she gets a lot of money. Um, but um, so here you are with like a cash flow crunch and you're concerned and, you know, you're just trying to make ends meet because let's let's be honest. Maybe 25% of the deals I do just have this extra gravy train. Most of the deals we're working are thinner, uh, thin enough to cover the loan and you're still making what you did before. Mm -hmm. It's not like this huge, like, I'm rich moment. Maybe 25% of the time. 75% of the time is we've got cash flow concerns. And so I do want to talk about options because can, can we talk about that? Because it's not like this is going to cost you a ridiculous amount and, and hell, you might not even contribute to, to the employee's contribution. So let's talk about like all those options. Yeah, we started by dangling the carrot of how much gobs of money could go in. But obviously, <laughs> it, 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 the nice thing about 401k plans is they can kind of self-regulate to what's going on with that individual practice or the economy in, in general. Yeah. So if we design a plan that we've got a, a way to save your own money, that's 401k, yeah. personal salary deferral. You've got a perhaps a matching benefit. So that matching benefit is where you're giving some money to your employees and it only goes to the people who have signed up. So generally your, your younger folks or your maybe lower paid front office staff that are new, they're typically not going to sign up mm -hmm. or they're going to sign up to save at a fairly low rate. So your out-of-pocket expense to them is going to be lower right there. Yeah, um, and, and then conversely, for the higher paid folks and the ones that want to participate more. Yes. Uh, a well-designed 401k plan, let's just use that term, safe harbor 401k plan. Mm -hmm. And we can dive into that detail if you want, or people can look it up on their own. Uh, a 4% match. You're matching dollar for dollar of what an employee saves up to 4% of their pay. And then you're capped there. So really your maximum exposure as a business owner in this kind of plan is 4% of compensation, assuming Every employee signs up to save 4% of their pay and not all do. Yeah. 
And you can also design a plan to have waiting periods for people to become eligible. Mm -hmm. You can actually have a one year wait and if, or have it be where you typically have turnover. Mm. So if you know whether somebody's going to fit your practice in six months, then mm. set your eligibility at six months. Yeah. If you're having trouble recruiting people, set it for three months. Three months. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you as the business owner get to decide whether you can save for yourself. So if cash flow gets tight, maybe dial down a little bit of your personal savings. Yeah. So that's where that self-regulation comes from. I like that. The, the third way that money gets into a 401k, so personal salary deferral, matching benefit. This third thing is called profit sharing. We call it profit sharing. The, the technical term is non-elective benefit. It's a way that you can put additional money in the plan, but it is purely discretionary. So if you have a fantastic year, uh -huh. you can dump some more money in this. And then what's the rules on that? Well, that's where that's a whole nother session. Okay. But okay. the rules are we can skew the money a little bit more to the owners of the business, but it's a percentage of your compensation. Mm. So if you're the highest wage earner, you're going to get the highest number of dollars mm. on the profit, sharing. on the profit sharing that can and go into the plan. Is it that goes into the plan. So another bucket. To it's another bucket. Load of money. Up. Yeah. And so a, a fully funded plan for a business owner. And if, if all of the numbers and demographics work out and an owner could get for next year, $69,000 of total money flowing into the plan for just the owner. Now to do that is going to cost some money in the benefits you give to your staff. This third thing, this discretionary bucket is where you, we sit down with you as the business owner and your tax advisor. And we just say, how did the year go? Do we, what's our tax bill? Do we want to take some of what we owe to the government and put it in the plan? And then we watch how that it's a circular calculation. You put some more money in the plan, your tax bill goes down. And, and those are the toggles that we can work on. Yeah. Annually. It, it does get, it, go ahead. Oh, one last thing. That profit sharing portion uh -huh. can have a vesting schedule on it. I was just going to ask that, yeah. but I didn't know how much we wanted to get yeah. into the A week. vesting schedule is my, just My wheels are going yeah. off right now. I'm like, okay. Vesting like, means ownership. Yeah. So you employees have to earn ownership of that over time. Uh, I typically recommend a six-year vesting schedule. And that's where uh, first year is 0% vested and then 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. If somebody leaves they your get, practice- yeah. And they're only 60% vested. And if there's $1,000 in the in that profit sharing bucket, they lose it. They're going to take forty four hundred dollars and they're going to leave. Yep. Or did I say 60%? They're yeah. going to take 600. They're going to leave 400 behind. Yes. So, sorry. That's a retention tool. I, bu I bullied into that one because that got me excited. <laughs> so, folks, let me just dummy it down Dinzio style here. So, um, big, big picture. We talked about retention earlier. You know, so even me at next level, we've got some key individuals that would be would be tough to replace. And, um, you know, big picture, like it would be really great to have a vesting schedule on extra cash. Like I, I had this conversation with my uh, brother in law, which actually Venoble actually helps with um, him, him uh, my brother in law, my sister. He works for Amazon and and Amazon learn from the best folks they're really good at giving you lots of benefits but then there's this huge vesting schedule and so if he leaves he is leaving a huge chunk of money but he has to make that decision and and that's why you have this like long retention maybe when people technically don't want to leave or they want to sure. leave but they're stuck yeah. so it's it's safe to say that amazon's pockets are a little bit deeper 
for the, the kinds level. of things that, yeah, they're, that, they're, that they're investing on. But <laughs> it's, a, it's the same theory. It's a theory. Yeah, Good yeah. theory, yeah. So, Golden handcuffs versus you know, maybe you know, not, not enough velvet handcuffs. Not enough dentists probably go down that path. Yep. Um, but that's that's a super cool way. Now, you also don't have to match 4%. You could match 0%, right? You could match lower, but then that that eventually impacts how much you can do as an owner. Yeah. So the reason I start out of the gate with this safe harbor matching schedule is that it allows you as the owner to max out your personal deferral. Now, if your compensation is not where you want it to be, or if the business isn't cash flowing the way you want, yeah. you could remove that safe harbor status. It's just going to impact how much you can save on your own. Now, can you change it later? Absolutely. But you have to choose your safe harbor status for whole calendar years. Oh, so you got a year that you're stuck. So, yep. so yep. startups, if you're thinking startup or if you're doing a, a jumpstart uh, baby practice that you're trying to build from the ground up, it sounds like you could set up, a, uh, you could offer the benefit to your employees, which is, which we already talked about how important that is. Um, you could set up a plan that basically doesn't cost you too much and that there's very little risk in you having to match. So maybe zero contributions for that first year. But then come, but but you're locked in that year, and yep. so, and you know, a lot of startups are first year; they don't, they're not never going to have the extra cash there, and yep. so that might. But you can offer the benefit. Now, what's the, again, not to to lock you in on pricing and stuff, but you know, talk to you, talk to thousands of other four hundred one k managers. What's like the bracket, like big and small? What a plan could cost admin wise to a, a company. Like, what are they looking at here? Sure. Let, let's say a, a typical practice of maybe 10 individuals mm -hmm. size. Uh, actually, go smaller. Okay. Go smaller than that, like five, <clears throat> five people. I think turnkey with with the administrative work yep. and the investment management, yep. uh, all of that stuff, probably about 5,000 bucks a year. Okay. Would be total out of pocket now for admin. For admin. Not now, contributions. Not contributions. So okay. this is just to run the benefit. Yes. Uh, it's also important to bring up now for a brand new plan. Uh -huh. So not an existing plan, but if you're going to start a brand new plan, there's some incredible incentives that have just been passed by the federal government. Oh, nice. So Thank the Secure, Secure Act 2.0, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, says a brand new plan mm -hmm. can get nearly free for the first three years because you get tax credits based on the number of employees that are eligible for the plan. Oh, that's bad. That's so a, you, that's you get badass. a tax credit for starting a plan. Okay. You can also get some tax credits for the benefit that you put in for your people. Can I end mine right now and start it up again? And get <laughs> you <that> cannot. <laughs> we could add to an existing plan. Okay. We can add an automatic enrollment feature. Ooh. And that means people have to choose not to be in the plan instead of choosing to be in the plan. This is one of those things where we realize Americans are terrible savers. I would so love let's, to let's, do that let's for next level. Let's put that on the agenda. I'm pissed that I have two employees right now that are not on my plan. And, and they still have the right to say they don't want to be, but we're going to put them in and then they have to say no. Yes. As a So it's 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 a requirement yeah. to have a, a retirement plan. At Absolutely. I, and here's the carrot for that, Michael. Mm -hmm. You will get a $500 tax credit for three years running. Done. Right. By that adding down. that feature. Writing that down. Boom. Right now. Next level is doing that. Okay. So Abby and Dan, love you guys. Let's go. And I, I, I'm adding that feature to my own plan. Yes. And we've got 100% participation. We're financial advisors and I, I deeply want all of our employees to participate. But I'm adding the automatic enrollment feature for any new hires. I and I'm going to get a tax credit for the next three years. I, I love that. I'm all about getting some 
tax benefits, but I love that it's a requirement more than anything else. So that's cool. And this is also um, any new 401k plan starting now moving forward has to have automatic enrollment in it. And that hmm. was also part of the law, the recent law change. Okay, right on. Well, all right, benefits, options. Hopefully you guys got some really good stuff here. We got another 15 minutes to break down um, a, a few other things. So I, I do want to talk a little bit about like how important it is for saving for your, like we talked about why like we talked about how you can do it but like i don't know any words of wisdom and we don't have to sit on this one too long but like anything going through your mind about like just in general with with you know saving in your plan like how much and uh i don't know any words of advice in there lots of words of advice it's just, it, <laughs> each person's in cases individual of yeah. course what we cover uh, we, we did cover like how you can double up and you know, all that. But. Most studies say that if you save between eight and 10% of your pay mm -hmm. per year throughout your professional working life and you stay consistent with that. And then obviously if you're in your forties and you haven't been, then you have a little bit more catch up to do, but eight to 10% of your pay should be put towards retirement goal okay. in, in general. And in sometimes general. it can be more, but if you stay true to that throughout your working life, you're going to generate a nest egg of money. Mm-hmm with the proper financial advice and investing and all those caveats that you will, you'll be able to just give yourself a paycheck similar to what you earned in your working life mm. from this bucket of money that 10%. you 10%, 10% every year goes into that. And then you'll continue to make that amount of money. And guys, I work, I work a lot on a, uh, exit planning for sellers. So we're, we're on a buyer and an acquisition program right now, but I can't tell you how many times I've looked at sellers financials and they tell me how much they need to retire and the gap, the wealth gap that the financial advisor has told us what we need and then what they have. And there's this like gap. And then they come to me and they're like, Mike, I got to sell this practice mm -hmm. for a bazillion dollars more than what it's actually worth. And then it just creates this like, the buyers who is the audience today, they're like, I'm not paying that. Yep. And, and, yep. and then, so then there's this like, and, 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 and you really want the practice, but it's not worth that. And that, and that's where it comes from guys is like, uh, actually this is a really good point because the, the, the brokers out there, they have a job to do They're They're doing the best they can to represent their seller. Frankly, most of the brokers know it's overvalued. They know, but they have a client that's saying, I need this for a wealth gap. And so to that point, Brian's mm -hmm. talking about how much to save every year. Pay yourself first. Absolutely. Pay yourself first. If you're paying yourself an amount throughout your working life, it makes that negotiation so much less stressful. It's a cherry. Because then it's yeah, rainbows and unicorns fun. When it money. goes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's a Instead cherry. of, I need to be able to live in my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's actually kind of sad. I mean, dentists in general are known for this. And so if if we could today impart on our audience that, look, get serious about this. If you can't make it 5%, double up and and, and once things start really going well for you, mm -hmm. but put pay yourself first. Um, it's amazing how much you can get by without. Like, like if you don't put it in, you're going to burn it some way is what I'm trying to say. Like Absolutely. you're going to buy another Starbucks, you're going to buy another car, your kids are going to need whatever. But if you don't have it, 
maybe you won't buy that Starbucks and it's better for you to put it somewhere else. Money awareness is, is, is really that topic. And that's what financial planning is, making sure that your excess cash flow is going into the goals that are important. Because if you don't have that going towards a goal, then it just fritters away. It does. It, it really does. Yeah. Um, man, I love this episode. This is good stuff. I I wish you guys really, I, I, I wish for you to do this stuff because it, it matters. It really does matter. Um, One of the, if I jump Please. on another, one of the things we're finding is that uh, financial wellness, financial education is becoming an important thing for our younger set, that our school system, educational system isn't necessarily teaching people about debt management or what's a stock, what's a bond, what's a mutual fund, what's the S&P 500, these terms that are just, they're yeah. just ubiquitous across media, yeah. but we're all just supposed to intrinsically know it. I know. Uh, so if you... A 401k plan or some kind of retirement planning system can be an education for your employees and teach them how to manage their money better. And what we find is employees who are less stressed about their money are better employees. Oh, it's so they're, true. they're more in tune to the patient. They're more in tune to your practice. They're they're bought in to what you're doing. They're happier. They're happier. And when people are happier, they're not looking for other jobs. They're not grouchy with their peers. They're they're better employees. They're appreciative. My my team loves us. I mean, uh, we just finished a retreat, and I'm I'm proud to say that our team just adores Paula and I because we literally give a shit about them. Mm -hmm. And 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 who had the first speaking opportunity? Brian did because I wanted my team to hear from Brian and start retirement. If you're not, because it matters to me, and I agree with that a whole wholeheartedly. Any before we pivot to this last topic is any, any tidbits on how Brian, how they could get, they didn't get it in school and they need a financial advisor, but financial advisors only have so much, so many hours. You're, you're not going to take a one-on-one course with your financial advisor. Absolutely. Like I'm thinking of like, there's a couple at Kaya or Khan Academy. Khan Academy is fantastic. Right. Yep. K-H-A-N. K-H-N. Academy. Yep. yep. And it's all about financial wellness, as, as you called it. Every topic in the world is there. I, I, my son's going through uh, uh, and he's trying to apply for the electrical union and he had to take a math test. Love it. So I said, hey, uh, go to Khan Academy and, and go through some algebra stuff just to kind of refresh the things that we haven't touched Love for a while. Uh, that's uh, Mr. Khan. I don't remember his first name, but yeah. he started this thing and trying to teach his kids things. And the financial wellness education stuff in that area. Yeah fantastic yeah he just does it from a usability standpoint uh really dumbs it down i don't want to say dumb makes the understandable without using all the crazy terms look that we I, hear. I have yeah. an mba i actually took a couple courses on this crap and i'm going to tell you right now i need help you know i i was i was looking up the the treasury bill the other day again i'm a little dork sometimes i can be a dork and i forgot the symbol and i had to send a text to my my banker he's like we'll put this in and and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, that's what right. an idiot. Ten year treasury. <laughs> so like I'm like, this is supposed to be my jam and it's confusing for me. So there's no way that you guys even have a chance at really digging in. Business owners are reticent to talk about money with their employees in a group setting because it, it's going to open up that door of people. Maybe they're going to ask me for a raise or mm -hmm. we might understand the disparity between what a hygienist earns and what an assistant earns. Mm -hmm. And we just don't want to touch that <laughs> so that it just becomes this verboten topic. Right. Right. So. Having a financial advisor come in and talk to your people about the retirement plan opens the door 
to talk about that stuff. Love it. And oftentimes the doc will leave and I'll, I'll, I'll have a group that I'll just talk about things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people want to stay back and do one-on-one -on -one sessions. And, and I'm just coaching them about paying down some debt and, or uh, student loan yep. stuff, yep. saving for a car, saving for a house, saving for a child, yep. all of those things. And it just, it makes the employee feel like, Hey, my employer cares about me and gives me access to a financial professional. So you get more bang for your buck. On love, it. love, love, love everything about that. <clears throat> I, um, uh, to, to, to put an exclamation point on that point is a couple of my employees at the retreat asked some really good questions. And I was like, love that question for yes, you. Like, yes. and Brian educated them. And I was like, dude, that's what it's all about right there. It's like, if you can't like leadership, you guys are now leaders. You're not associates. So this pro program is about getting you into ownership. And now yes. you're an owner and you should be a leader to your team. And it's not just on what you need from them, but it's also what you can impart on them and create better individuals and be a mentor. And if they leave you, they leave you, but they won't leave you quickly anyways, if you do this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Make them better people, help them with their money, all that stuff. So Absolutely. the last thing I really want to spend some time on, we're doing so good time management right now. Like, I love it. But um, is the last piece is, is okay, so I, you know, this is not a, a fact. Uh, it's, a, it's a feeling percentage. I'd say 90% of the time when you're buying a practice, it doesn't have a safe harbor or a 401k plan. That's just me gut level and what I've seen. <clears throat> I, I'd say 10% um, do. And so for those buyers buying practices and it's, I want to, let me take a little bit on this because I think it's important. I want to talk about like, how do you change over? How do you adopt a plan? That's where I'm going with you, Brian. But I want to talk really quickly about cash flow. So a lot of people are like, I don't want to start the, a 401k yet because it's expensive and blah, blah, blah. The, when I'm looking at a practice, when you're looking at a practice and your advisors are looking at the cash flow, that expense is already in the cash flow from mm -hmm. years past. So it's already paid for. And your existing staff that you're purchasing are expecting that expecting benefit. It. So if you don't do it, that's a takeaway. That's a takeaway. And they they get pissed about it. So, Absolutely. so if you're buying this practice and you like the cash flow and the cash flow is working for you, mm. then keep it rolling. Now, it does take a minute to set one up. So my my suggestion is, is go into that team meeting and say, look, guys, the 401 plan is definitely in play. It's going to take me a couple months to get it set up. I am starting it. Mm -hmm. um, unlike medical insurance, you kind of have to figure that out ASAP because they can't be in a gap of medical. But with a 401k, it's not like, oh my God, I'm losing three months. Like You can set the tone and say, hey, we're rolling with this. I just need to talk to Brian, get this set up. But Q, the end of Q1, start of Q2, quarter two, we will have a plan and Brian will facilitate that. So any, any piece of that that I'm missing? When you buy a practice, and if there is a 401k plan there, that is a an asset of that practice. So you could choose to take over that plan if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Most brokers and attorneys would advise that you don't. And this, I, this advisor would advise that you don't take over that plan either. Yeah. Because if you do, you are inheriting any errors that were done in Ooh. that previous doc owning I that didn't plan. Know that. So it's better hmm. to have that plan shut down and then start a new one from scratch. Now you can, my wife's practice had a sale in the last two years. Perfect. And You're an expert to I'm the show that. I've, I've helped, helped do that. So we we helped <clears throat> shut down that former, the selling docs plan. 
and we started a new plan for the purchasing doc. And during a doc that's at the end of their career, their needs for that plan and that way that plan is designed probably has some things that you don't need for yeah. your startup. Amen. So yeah. when we start this new one, my job was to talk all the employees off the ledge, you know, <laughs> uh, on this benefit. Yeah. You know, uh, this this plan had a 3% guaranteed benefit. This one has a matching benefit. That feels like a takeaway. My job is to try to sell that to a certain extent that, hey, this is actually a better plan because you're going to get a 4% match instead of the three in this All specific <laughs> We can help the employees that have stayed on transfer, roll over their assets from the old plan mm. into the new plan. Okay. Uh, help get better pricing. Mm -hmm. If there's money that comes, a startup 401k plan with zero assets in it is the most expensive plan to run mm. because investment vendors make money off of money in the plan. Ah, so if we can little go tra little trade secret there, if we can go to those new vendors and say, Hey, we've got $300,000 of transfer assets from the terminating plan. That's going to get rolled over into this new one. Then the pricing is immediately less expensive because there's going to be assets out of the gate. That makes sense. So there's lots, lots <laughs> there, of ways for us to dial that. There's in. a predictability. And so the vendors might be willing to play more ball. Absolutely. Got it. Absolutely. All right. So <clears throat> On that topic, changing an existing plan, I, I mean, we kind of covered it. Anything else that you can think of? I mean, I, I couldn't echo louder with any contract or any situation from a from a seller. Like it's the easy way. The okay, the easy way is just go. Let's just go with the vendors that he chose or she chose. That's, that sounds really easy. It's like the, I already have all the people in place, the vendors and my employees. Guys, easy is never usually the best route. Like when I'm looking at merchant services, I'm looking at uh, medical benefits, 401k, all, all, all the contracts, uh, software deals, uh, marketing campaigns that were 1-800-DENTIST uh, or Yellow Page. Some of these contracts just suck. And so don't inherit somebody else's business decisions until you've done your due diligence. Maybe the plan actually is good, but just the liability piece of that, that I didn't know that that's, that scares me because you, you don't, you don't have control of the decisions made and you might be inheriting a liability. And with acquisitions, it's all about stopping liability the day of close with patient care, with, uh, notes in the system with consent forms with um all the things um employees hiring employees and and the the hr manual and all that hr stuff it's it stops the day of the sale and then guess what the day that that you take over you're now on stage you're now making those decisions mm -hmm. and and 401k is another example of that and usually usually a broker has somebody in their sphere that can review that plan and, and give you some feedback on it. But in most cases, you should let that other one shut down and start with a new yeah. and you don't have to use those providers. And you can find 401k experts like me who will just give you a second opinion. And, and that just becomes a, a part of my marketing uh, to establish a relationship. You don't have to use me, but I'm happy to review what you've got or review what's out there and tell you what things to look for because mm -hmm. every product that's out there, we're all selling to each other things. Who's running it? What does it cost? How do I pay for it? Make those decisions. Look at every single one and make 
make make a list. Mm-hmm. Get an advisor like like me. Get it. Get get people that are helping you. CPA, attorney, you name it, and just work through the problem. And and <laughs> we both got a tick on our ne- our throat. But I, I will say that um, a lot of these decisions that we've talked about in the program, this one's not included and excluded. That they don't have to be dialed in day one of close. Mm-hmm. Like there are definitely some things that have to be dialed in payroll and maybe even QuickBooks. And you, you obviously need your insurances and there's stuff and we've talked about it in the program, but then there's a lot of things that can wait too. Yep. And, and I find that the type a audience that you all are, the dentists are very type a, they went through school, they're doing the textbook. There's, they're passing the tests, they're taking the boards, they're getting shit done, right? Right, right? They're very type A. They want to get everything done before it closes. And that's impossible. And this is a perfect example of don't worry, we're going to put this in play, give it a minute, do all your due diligence, make yep. sure you're choosing the right person. Yep. Starting a 401k plan from scratch takes about two months minimum Boom. from the time <laughs> that you make a decision to when money can start flowing into it. But the plan that's terminating from the doc that you bought the practice from, there can be overlap of those two. It's not this one ends on this date and this one begins on this date True, because that is an asset of that selling owner's business. Got it. That made me think last question. We're going to shut this bad boy down because it's been an awesome, awesome episode. Can you grandfather people right in without a waiting period? Absolutely. When Done. you start a brand new plan, you can say everybody employed on a, a this specific date is immediately eligible for the plan. And then we have a waiting period for new hires. That's a way to take care of the people that you've inherited. Boom. Yeah. So guys, look, savings, retirement, benefits, all so relevant to dental acquisitions and um, employee retention and hiring. And it's just it's just such a. It's a passion for me. So I'm glad we were able to do this today, man. Thanks good. for having me. This yeah. has been a lot of fun. Man, you're good. So guys, uh, Brian's contact information will be below. Um, we also should put in Con Academy link so that you guys <laughs> right. know what's up with that. Um, and then maybe some contact information for Brian so you guys can get a hold of him. Do you take, can you, can you help people nationwide or is it just? Yeah, I'm licensed by the Securities and Exchange Commission. So, a federal entity. So right. folks, if you're in the middle of Kansas, Brian can help you. So um, super gra- happy to have you on. And, and Thanks, it's Mike. a pleasure doing business with you, man. Awesome opportunity. Thank you. All right. Well, another episode shut down. And guys, thanks again. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the stuff. Um, we're actually getting ready to launch a new brand. This is a brand, uh, Dental Unscripted. We've got the startup one. We've got the acquisition one. We're getting ready to start a practice management one with my partner, Paula, and our front office coach, Stefani. Um, And that's going to be all practice management stuff, systems, communication. Uh, Man, they're going to go off on all kinds of stuff. And so I'm excited. Uh, Stay tuned. The brand is building out awesome content that's specific to your needs. And this particular one is acquisitions. And thanks again for tuning in. Talk to you guys later. Tune in next time for another truth-filled episode of Acquisition Unscripted. We want to hear from you. Interact with your host, Michael Dencio. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Comment and subscribe.